a lovely surprise. I woke up and received some gifts from my children. Unfortunately, um, James and the kids are quite good at choosing gifts for me because I've got really good at telling them specifically what I want. Um, but I thought, just um, for a bit of fun, I would show you some of, the, oh, some of the top five worst Mother's Day gifts ever given. Okay, this is what I found on Google. Um, this is a toilet plunger. <laughs> I just don't know why you would give your mother this. Um, secondly, <clears throat> now this may look really lovely, but this is actually a fake box of chocolates that some kid has made in his DT class for his mother. And this is just cruel to give to any woman. Not a good gift. Number three is a tin of baked beans. That is a seriously underwhelming gift. And, um, okay, number four is a... Has anyone ever seen one of these before? It's a foot dustpan and brush. I just find that so strange. I would be horrified to receive that. Um, and lastly, cleaning products. And I have to say, I would actually love to receive this, but I think some people might find that quite offensive. Um, now, Mother's Day is a funny one, isn't it? I certainly haven't always enjoyed it for various reasons. And perhaps for you, it's not a great day either. Um, maybe you've been waiting for children of your own or you're remembering children that you've lost. Perhaps you've lost your mother. And also, Mother's Day just reminds us of all the complications we have sometimes in those relationships. And whatever the scenario, it can be a day that simply highlights our disappointments. And it's good to be real about that. But whether it's Mother's Day or Father's Day or Christmas Day, um, I would dare to guess there is not one of us here this morning that hasn't experienced disappointment of some kind. This is how the dictionary defines it. Disappointment, the unhappiness or discouragement that results when your hopes or expectations have not been satisfied, or someone or something is not as good as you had hoped or expected. Hands up anyone who has not experienced this. No hands are up. So we're all on the same page. And this morning, I want to talk about the antidote to disappointment. Is there one? Because the Bible says there is. The Bible says that we find the antidote to disappointment in a person, in Jesus. But the challenge we have with this antidote being in the person of Jesus is that he doesn't always look how we would expect him to look. He doesn't always turn up when we expect him to turn up. He's not always in the places that we expect to find him. Like any other person, he can take us by surprise. And this morning, we're looking at a story that starts with disappointment. Mary is outside the tomb weeping because the body of Jesus has disappeared. Now, Mary, Mag Mary Magdalene was an incredible woman of faith. And contrary to popular belief, she wasn't actually a prostitute. There isn't any scriptural evidence for that. Um, but what we do know about her is that before she met with Jesus, she was harassed by seven demons, seven evil spirits. And we don't know, the Bible isn't specific about what that looked like for her. It could have been physical illness, it could have been depression, we're not sure. But what we know is that after she met with Jesus, 
she was completely free from demonic oppression. He had set her free from complete demonic oppression. And can you imagine how that would feel? What a difference that would have made to her life. And I guess because of this life-changing event, Mary loved and appreciated spending time with Jesus. She gave her finances. She gave her time to his ministry. She chose to live the rest of her life following him. And Jesus didn't treat her as the rest of society did. He saw her and empowered her as an individual. He didn't judge her choice to be single. He didn't judge her because of her past. And with him, she was free from the restrictive expectations that her peers would have placed on her. With him, she found her identity and she lived the life that she was made for. So his death for her was the end of life as she knew it. It was the end of her hope. And Mary loved Jesus so much that even after his death, she didn't want to be parted with him. She went back to the tomb because she needed to see his body again, to touch him again. She wanted to tend to his body. She wasn't ready to be parted. So it is to her absolute horror that the body of Jesus was not in the tomb. This is shocking beyond all belief. Now, have you ever misplaced something or stored something carefully away only to discover it has mysteriously disappeared? (laughs) I have this problem often in our house, specifically with bars of chocolate. Um, because I collect them and I save them for rainy days and so I put them in my special cupboard and then a rainy day comes inevitably and I go to the cupboard and have a rummage but shock horror my chocolate stash has disappeared and in that moment my hope is gone and of course it's always James and he always comes up with some kind of excuse but it's no good by that time the disappointment is real And now I'm not trying to imply in any way that me losing a bar of chocolate is like Mary losing Jesus' body. But just three days ago, she had seen Jesus' body on the cross. She saw his body taken down from the cross and put into a tomb. So in the space of three days, what has happened? In verse 13, the angels ask Mary, woman, why do you weep? What a funny question. Isn't it obvious? But from their perspective, it's a good question. Because if Mary and all the other disciples actually understood the prophecies concerning Jesus, that he would be killed, that he would die, but then three days later he would be raised to life again, she wouldn't be crying, would she? She would be celebrating at the discovery of the empty tomb. She'd be dancing around saying, he's done it. He's done it. He said he'd do it, and he has. But she didn't know, did she? And Mary says to the angels, they have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have put him. Can you imagine the emotions she is experiencing? She's saying her hope, her joy, what she thought was her solution to life's difficulties and cruelties. Her security has been taken away. She is looking for Jesus where she thought she had left him, where she had expected him to be, but he was no longer there. And 
Mary at the Empty Tomb speaks to me so much of the times I've faced disappointment, times I've put my hope in something, um, my trust given all of myself, only to have that sinking realisation uh, that finding that, that thing or relationship is over. Hope feels lost. We can be disappointed by the way things don't fulfil our expectations. Sometimes we're let down by people, we're unfulfilled in our jobs, we're dissatisfied with our achievements, or we get what we want and we realise it's not what we actually wanted. Or sometimes we feel let down by God, and that's really hard, isn't it? Where do we go from there? Where did Mary go with her disappointment? verse 14 it says she turned around and saw Jesus standing but she didn't know that it was Jesus Jesus said to her woman why are you weeping who are you seeking supposing him to be the gardener she said to him sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away now isn't this extraordinary can you picture the scene the one Mary is weeping for the one she thinks is dead, is now speaking to her. And she's so not expecting Jesus to be alive, let alone talking to her, that she mistakes him for the gardener. Sometimes Jesus shows up to us in unexpected ways, through unexpected circumstances. And just like he promised the disciples that he would rise again, he promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. He says to us, do not be afraid or discouraged. So where did Mary go with her disappointment? She didn't go anywhere. Jesus came towards her and met her where she was. When things don't look like they're going well in your life, do you feel afraid? Or do you feel confident that Jesus is working behind the scenes? and that he will meet you where you are. There are times when we will weep and we will feel that our hope has been taken away. And in those moments, Jesus may ask us, why do you weep? What are you looking for? And it's not wrong to feel disappointment or grieve loss. That's a natural, healthy, normal process. But what I'm saying is sometimes we put our hope in the wrong places. Like Mary, we need to stop looking for a dead body in an empty tomb. False hope, empty promises. We need to stop getting into this morbid mentality of going back to the tomb, dwelling on what didn't work out as we expected. Because Jesus is always calling us to something new. He's always calling us to hope. And he says to us, the stone of your disappointment has been rolled away. Verse 16, Jesus says, Mary, he calls her by her name. And she turned to him and said, Rabbani, which means teacher. She's probably thinking, how did I not know that that was you? And what are you doing alive? And it's in hearing Jesus's, Jesus say her name that she recognizes who it is, the tone, the love in his voice. She's heard many people call her name before, but his voice is distinct. And in that moment of hearing her name, of encountering the risen Jesus, 
her disappointment turns into joy. <clears throat> the antidote to her hope speaks, to her disappointment speaks. Everything changes. Her hope has been resurrected. And all it took was for Mary to hear Jesus call her name. Have you heard Jesus call your name? Have you experienced his spirit calling to your spirit? Have you encountered him? Have you considered what happened at the cross? His death was the payment for all of our wrongdoing, all of our faults and failings. His death in our place is the assurance of God's complete and sacrificial love for us. His death is what reconciles us to God. And in his resurrection, we have assurance of an eternity with him. We have assurance that death has been utterly defeated and that hope is restored. And you might have heard that expression of Jesus calling and wondered what that actually means. Um, We chatted about this in in Alpha this week, and I'm not talking about an audible voice necessarily. I'm talking about when we come to know the person of Jesus, when we put our faith in him, when we understand what took place at the cross, when we personally experience his love like Mary did, and we refocus our gaze towards where our hope actually is, to who our hope actually is. Let me just share an example. Um, I'm 36, believe it or not, and um, since the age of 11, I've struggled on and off with depression. So that's nearly two-thirds of my life. And some periods have been a lot more severe than others. But I'll tell you something interesting. Half of that time was before I knew Jesus. And the later half is since knowing Jesus and walking with him. And the difference is significant. The difference between knowing him, walking through that, and not knowing him, walking through that, has been life-changing. I would even say life-saving. And I know some people who have been completely healed from their depression, and that's incredible. And you might think I'd be a bit annoyed about that, like, why not me? Um, But funnily enough, I'm not. Because if anything, battling with that and knowing Jesus walking with me through it has only shown me in greater depth just how faithful he is, just how good he is, just how much he loves me. And I do have faith that one day he could heal me. But what is most precious to me now is that I am never alone when before I was alone. And when I feel lost, I know that he holds all things together. And in hearing his voice, encountering his presence, that grounds me and I'm reminded that he has made me for a purpose. I'm reminded that he is consistent with his love It doesn't depend on whether how well I'm doing or how badly I'm doing. I'm reminded that there is an eternity waiting for me where I will be completely free from sorrow or pain. And I'm reminded that my existence is more than just how I feel on a good day or a bad day. Jesus' resurrection is the ultimate antidote to my disappointment. And if you're here this morning, I truly believe it's because God wants you to know that your life is a miracle. 
and that you exist because God has a plan for you. He knows every detail of your life. You don't have to hide from him. And just as I finish, I want to ask you a personal question this morning. Are you feeling disappointed? Are you feeling weary from disappointment? Are you running away from disappointment? Can I offer you some words of comfort? Jesus sees you right now. And in whatever situation you face that requires fresh hope, you can invite him in and ask him to speak. Jesus cares deeply for you and your life. You might have known him for many years or you're just hearing about him today. Maybe you've been avoiding him. He is waiting for you to recognise his voice calling to you and he is able to be the antidote to your disappointment. When Mary stood at the tomb weeping, she had no idea that Jesus was just about to do the impossible and reveal that he had risen from the dead. Jesus is ready to meet us in unexpected circumstances. So I invite you to open your hearts to him. And if you're comfortable closing your eyes, I would love to pray for us all. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your mercy. We thank you for what you accomplished on the cross. We thank you, Jesus, that we can be confident that each one of us has been brought here this morning by your love. And God, we give you our disappointments. We hand over to you the things that haven't quite worked out as we expected them to. And Lord, we ask that you would come and speak afresh into those situations. We receive your hope, Jesus. We're calling on your name today, Jesus, and we ask that you would open our ears so we would hear you calling our name. Lord, I pray for each one of us that the incredible sense of your goodness and mercy would go with us. Amen.